Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Today is part one of a two-part message where we're gonna be talking about the Holy Spirit and today specifically the grace of God. Everybody say the grace of God. You know, there's a lot of things said uh, about grace, but I think it's so important for us to know that, that grace, uh, grace is not a doctrine. It's uh, much bigger than a definition, but grace is actually a person. Grace is embodied in the Holy Spirit. He's called the Spirit of Grace. When the Bible says that, uh, you know, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Well, remember, Jesus was filled without measure with the Holy Spirit, who's also called what? The Spirit of truth, and is also called the Spirit of grace. And so now, because of the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, he uh, uh, sent us the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of truth, that transforms us into a new creation, And so what I want to talk to you today about is kind of the first part of this transformation process. And uh, I'm going to call it a habitat for wholeness, a habitat uh, for wholeness. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we're so grateful for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that uh, everything in your kingdom is, is relational. And we thank you that we have a relationship with you through the Holy Spirit, and Lord, we thank you for the transforming power of the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Okay, let me give you a few scriptures, and we'll read through these, and I'm telling you, you're really going to enjoy, uh, you're really going to enjoy today. Um, Genesis 2.8, it says, And the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Then Revelation 22.1 and 2, it says, And the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the streets of the city. On either side of the river was the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So we see right in the beginning what that God puts us, man, right, in a garden. How many of you have noticed God likes gardens? He likes vineyards. He likes gardens. He likes, watch, he likes these habitats for life. And for life to flourish, Life has to have the right habitat, whether that's in the natural world or the spiritual world. So I want you to think about the Lord, okay? So uh, he started with a garden. There's Eden, right? So now we're following the redemptive narrative of Jesus. We're going to really step into the story next Sunday as uh, we celebrate uh, Pentecost with the coming of the Holy Spirit. But then where this is all headed is to Eden Restored, where we read about in Revelation 22 there, 
where it's still, you see the rivers, just like there were the river of life, just like there was a river in the first garden. You see the tree of life that was also in uh, the garden, but now it's not just a mountain garden, but it also has a city. It's the new Jerusalem. And so we, we started, you could say this, we started in a garden, we're gonna end in a garden. How many of y'all think it's pretty important to understand a little bit about gardening? Something like, something like that. It's, you know, it's, it's I've had, these past couple of months, I, I know I tell you all this, but um, man, Carrie, she has really gotten into gardening, really gotten into gardening. And she's in the green room right now watching the service. She's, she's not feeling well. And uh, so be healed, honey, in Jesus' name. And, uh, but she's really gotten into gardening. And so, so you know, we, 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 we got this little garden. She kind of picked out a little area and uh, she started growing, you know, cucumbers, tomatoes, and, you know, different things. I don't know, jalapenos, stuff. Lettuce, all stuff I eat, so it's all good. And uh, it's, so she started, I think now she's got like three or four of these garden areas. Now watch, it's, it's really, so <laughs> I've learned a whole bunch about gardening. So watch, if you're, if you're gonna have, watch, a healthy habitat for things to grow, okay? The first thing that you need is you need a boundary, okay? So she's got, it's like these wooden boxes that create the boundary so that the things that you wanna keep in the garden stay in and the things you want out of the habitat stay out like our dog, Biggie. But he's learned how to jump the, but anyway, that's another story. But watch, it's very important, watch, that there's a space for the habitat where it can, the habitat, the soil, it can get sunlight, it can get nutrients, all that kind of stuff, it can be watered. That habitat has to be set up where it can get all the things that it needs for life. So here's the fascinating thing about vegetables, fruits, all those things. The fascinating thing about it is like, they, they basically do no work to grow. I mean, if the habitat is right, if the soil is right, if they're getting enough sunlight, if they got boundaries around there where you just put the seed you plant the seed in the earth, guess what? All of a sudden they just, the growth and the life happens all by itself. Those cucumbers that come out, they, you know, there's, it's not like that plant gets up there and you see it shaking, uh, let me get down another cucumber. No, watch. All they need is the right habitat and the growth is automatic. I wanna say it is the exact same thing with our walk with God and our spiritual growth. If we're just planted in the right habitat that has the right ingredients and the right atmosphere, the growth is automatic. The grace of God is the atmosphere. The grace of God encompasses it all the grace of God, God has given us his grace. He's given us the person of the Holy Spirit who indwells this temple. Do you see? 
You have bounder who indwells this temple so that, so that we can we can grow so that we can see the life, we can see the ruach, we can see all of that stuff happen in our lives. And what I've come to realize is this, the challenge is that there's not a lot of good habitats for growth. Even in the church, a lot of our habitats are what we might call a closed system that brings shame and judgment and condemnation. How would you feel? How do you think a plant would feel if it could have feelings? I know it doesn't. <laughs> what if I, what if I, I, I planted a, you know, I, I put a seed in, uh, in this area and watch this. It hardly got any sunlight, didn't get any fertilizer, didn't have the right soil, had weak boundaries of things coming in there and and messing it all up, and, and the plant wasn't growing right, wouldn't it be ridiculous for me to come out and say, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Nothing wrong with the seed. It's the environment. The, the habitat's not a habitat for wholeness. It's not a habitat for growth. It's not a habitat for transformation. And I can honestly say about my own life, even our marriage, our home, this is some of the things that, that's what's happened since my encounter with Jesus, our own church, I thought that it was a habitat for wholeness. There were some ingredients there, but it really wasn't the kind of habitat where God could come and do what he wanted to do in our lives. And if you wanna, you know, okay, what's happened to pastor since his encounter with the Lord a year ago? Well, what happened was he, he had a radical return to Jesus as his first love. And so now what, what we're, we're walking in that and that's meant a radical return to wholeness, a radical return to honoring the Lord's name, a radical return to family, God's adopted family, and our own family, and a, and a radical return for, to, to rest. Can I say this? You have to have all those things in a habitat for wholeness to see transformation and growth take place. And I'm telling you, it happens automatically and effortlessly. That's what the grace of God can do if we'll make sure and get planted in the right soil. Come on, you can clap. So, you know, there's all kind of, def you know, grace. Yes, it's the unmerited favor of God. Yes, grace empowers us to live a holy life. All, all those kind of things. But we have to think of grace. It's like this. You can't put love in a doctrine. Love, that's who God is. We can't really put grace in a doctrine. That's who God is. He is, he is grace. If, if every time... For God to connect with humans, there has to be grace or we would be consumed. Like grace is all about our relationship. Think of it this way. Grace is not something you understand theologically. It's something you understand relationally. 
It's not only what we're gonna see here in a few moments is, it's not only something that we understand in our vertical relationship with God, but it's something we understand in our horizontal relationship with one another. Grace is, is it's not theological, it's incarnational. There's your big word for the day. <laughs> Carrie gave me that word. We were actually with Dr. Cloud last week. We were talking about this. Incarnational, what, what that means is it's, it's deposited in and distributed through a person. It's not something you just understand and okay, I understand it. No, come on. God is, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Grace has always been there. Yes, now more people have access to the grace of God, obviously, through the new covenant. Now it's, I mean, everything with the grace of God and, 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 and God, uh, um, um, the unmerited favor of God towards humanity and empowerment with the Holy Spirit. But grace has always been who God is. And we really, really see that demonstrated in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. So look at this, okay? Um, Psalms, well, let me give you this. Let me just read through a couple of these. I'm not gonna go through all of them. And I'll have more on my notes, but I just wanna say this. Watch this. Jesus says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may, it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. Look at this. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Okay, remember that. We'll come back to it. Then there's Ephesians with, that talks about being grounded in the love of God. Then look at Hebrews 6. It says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Everybody say maturity. So in Hebrews 6, it lists these essentials, but it says, okay, we got these essentials. Watch this. Let us go on to maturity. Okay. What does that look like? What does a disciple of Jesus look like? What does a follower of Jesus look like? Look what 1 Peter Chapter one, verses two through four. He says, according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, <clears throat> may grace and peace be multiplied to you. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. Can you thank God for his great mercy? According to his great mercy, he has caused us, I love this, to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Look, to an, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Listen, you were born of incorruptible seed. I want to say this right now. There is nothing wrong with the seed of God on the inside of you. You are not some different type of person that is so messed up or is whatever is too carnal or whatever the thing is. And so, you know, God's word and his seed can only grow to a certain amount. No, here's what I want to say. I want to say that as the church, I'm talking the church, 
the, 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 the global ecclesia, and we're going to do it at this local church, as we come in to uh, better habitats for wholeness, all of a sudden things that you've strived for for years, bam, they happen just like that. Because we're, we're getting in the right habitat. Are you following me? So then there's Titus. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Look, training us to renounce ungodliness. For the, so the grace of God appeared in Jesus, right? But the grace of God also came through the Holy Spirit. Who trains us to renounce ungodliness? The Holy Spirit does. Who leads us into all truth? The Holy Spirit does. I totally understand, yes. We, 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 we go by the word of God, but it's the Holy Spirit that brings the ruach. That, or, <laughs> that brings the life to the letter. It's the Holy Spirit that takes the scriptures like he's gonna do today, and he's gonna speak something so specific to you and who, 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 who you are in him and, 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 and our identity as, as a people. So look, he trains us, renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, look, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the, <clears throat> the, appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself, look, what does God want? Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people. Well, Jesus came so we go to heaven. No, yes, heaven and the afterlife, and, and you know, eventually we're coming back to earth. Yes, all that is a byproduct. Jesus came to redeem a people. He came to have a family. He came, watch, you saw that video there. He came to bring a new creation to establish a habitat for wholeness so that as the seed of God gets planted in human beings, we can now be transformed into his image and model the very thing that God wants. And that's a family that's whole and full of peace and full of joy and full of love. That's what brings glory to God. Look at that. Zealous for good works. God wants you zealous. Okay. Psalms 92. Are y'all with me? Psalms 92, 12 through 15. Look at this. The righteous. Everybody say, that's me. The righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Look, they are planted. Here we go again. Here's God again. We're talking gardens. We're talking vineyards. We're talking seeds. It's, uh, here we are again. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will what? Flourish. They'll flourish in the courts of our God. Look at this. They still bear fruit in old age. Man, I like scriptures like that now. I know y'all think I'm 35 because I look 35, but I'm actually a little older. In fact, I just turned 50. How about that? I'm still waiting on my birthday present from some of y'all. You know who you are. 
But see, God loves fruitfulness. What did Jesus say? You didn't choose me. I chose you. Why? So you could go and bear fruit. Watch. So that the Eden to the new Eden, the redemptive narrative of God, what does God want? He wants a family. How does that happen? It happens when the people of God are planted in the place of God so they can experience the presence of God. That's what it's always been. That's what it's always going to be. It's about God's people, God's place, the house, the new Eden, us as the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God's presence, the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants. Look at this. Uh, look, they, are, they, are, they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. Someone says, what's going on with, with, with your pastor? Say, man, Pastor Stovall, he's full of sap. <laughs> you ain't never seen a sappy pastor like my pastor. I'm telling you, I need these scriptures now the older I get. How, how many of you, listen, like now, I, like I threw out my back this morning. Not like lifting a huge, it was like getting the blow dryer out of the. It's like, it's like, I mean, I still, like I work out all the time. I mean, I did squats yesterday and I work out in my garage in the heat. Not like our, our, our younger pastors who need all this fancy AC and their, their, their fancy machines and they're, you know, doing selfies of themselves, doing. Come on, Brian and Chris Brooks, we're old school. We do squats in the heat. I'm fine doing that. Then I like reach over to get the hair dryer, like, oh, it's a whole different. It's a whole different flow. But do you see fruitfulness, green? Remember the video. And what is God talking about? He's talking about life. He's talking about vitality. He's talking about that, see, in the kingdom of God, because the kingdom is eternal. Yes, your body might be wasting away, just like the apostle Paul said, but man, on the in, in the inward man, you're being renewed day by day. Man, you are, you are gonna stay fresh. You're gonna stay full of energy. You're gonna stay fruitful. God wants you fruitful. You might feel sick and tired right now. I'm telling you, the day of that is coming to an end because we're going to get in these habitats of wholeness. And guess what? Let's let the Lord do the work and it'll happen all by itself. We just got to get the habitat right. Oh man. Look at verse 15. Why to declare the Lord is upright? He's my rock. There's no unrighteousness in him. To live a life that brings glory to God. Do you know that it brings glory to God when you can have joy in the midst of a trial? You know, that's, that's fruit. That's the fruit of who? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of grace. Joy, peace, righteousness, all of those things are fruits of the person of God that lives on the inside of you, the spirit of grace, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Come on, can you give God a hand for sending the Holy Spirit?
But what's the key there? The key there is what? Planted in the house of the Lord. So see, here's another thing. I used to read that scripture and I used to say, yeah, you gotta be planted like, like, like just applying it to the local church. That means that you come to church and you're faithful to church and you serve and things like that. You get planted and now you're gonna, you're gonna automatically flourish. That's not the whole truth, okay? It's just not, because watch. First of all, you're the church, yeah? Then let's go to the first church. If you're married, where's that? That's your home. That's your family, right? So then you could, you could even expand that a little bit, bit to a, 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 a group of, of, of friends or family or, 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 you know, other believers in the church. It's just, it's kind of, like, see, all of those. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So it's not just, oh yeah, you know, get involved. Yes, all that stuff, serving, all that stuff, it, it is important, but you can't do that. You see what I'm saying? I can't, okay, well that, that's, let, let's say that's, that, that, that's the rain. Okay, so the garden has water, well, where are the boundaries? Where's the fertilizer? Where's the sunlight? Where's the right amount of shade? What I'm saying is we need to be honest with ourselves. I've had to get honest with myself about what it means, first of all, for me, carrying our marriage, our family, our home. What is my responsibility in equipping you as a believer, as the temple of the Holy Spirit, in your, wherever you are in life, in your school, in your home as a married couple, in, in your business, how, how to be a light to that. Because Ephesians 4 says, my role is to equip you and that together, if we'll understand these habitats for wholeness and we'll get planted in these habitats for wholeness and not disregard any of the ingredients, then you know what? Ephesians 4 says that we're all gonna grow, we're all going to maturity. We're all producing fruit. We're all gonna come into this one new man, this, this model of wholeness that the body will somehow heal itself because God has already given you all the grace that you will ever need, everything that pertains to life and godliness. You are the new creation. You've got the breath of God on the inside of you. You don't need to get more from God. You need to learn how to get planted in the right soil. Come on and walk out, walk out this relationship with the Lord. <clears throat> Look at this, Luke 13, Luke 13. I'm right on time, I got 12 minutes. Luke 13, here we go again. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. Do we get the picture? It's, it's gardens and vineyards and all that stuff. Yeah? Here's another vineyard parable. He says, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years, I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I've found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? 
But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, or if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. I wanna bring out a few things about having a habitat for wholeness, a habitat for transformation from this parable here. First of all, the first thing is this. The owner of this vineyard comes, so watch. He obviously has a whole vineyard, so he, we're assuming he doesn't point out any other trees. All the other plants, trees in the vineyard, they're all doing fine, but there's this one tree that's not producing any fruit. And he expects, watch, fruit from his trees because he knows that the habitat that they're planted in will produce growth if they're planted correctly, okay? So watch, he has an expectation of fruit. So I wanna bring these, these out. So here's the first thing we see in here. There's an expectation of fruitfulness. We just read all those scriptures. How many of you know God expects fruit out of our lives? And it's a byproduct of growth in the Holy Spirit because it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's how the life of God flows in you. So we expect, God expects fruit, but in this truth, don't we also expect fruit from ourselves? What I'm trying to say is this, no matter where you are in your walk with God, don't we all have certain like, we all have a better version of ourselves. Come on, let's be, we're gonna be transparent and vulnerable here. We all have a better version of ourselves and don't we really wish we could be that person? That's the person that's not triggered by different things in life. That's the person that's able to really, really uh, get over past hurts or abuses or whatever's happened to you. That's uh, the person that, 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 uh, is not always seeking approval from other people. The better version of ourselves, it's a person that can really get free from addictions. You know, you stay free for a while, but then you can't. It's like, it's like or, or we, we, we wouldn't struggle as much with that or, you know, whatever the situation. We all have this better version of ourselves, yeah? And we'd really rather be that person. <laughs> But guess what? We're not. <laughs> not yet. So what happens is there's this expectation of fruitfulness. There's this expectation of the person that we want to be. We want to love our wives. We want to be a, this type of dad, this type of mom, this type of spouse. But the things, somehow the things that we want to do, we don't do. The things that we don't want to do, we end up doing. Does this language sound familiar? Romans 7, who shall save me? Brian preached on this last week. Who's gonna save me from this dilemma of not being able to, to, to reach this expectation? Watch, thank God, Jesus Christ, my Lord. But watch, as long as the expectation is there of this kind of fruitfulness, because we don't, 
we can't reach it, then the expectation of fruitfulness also turns into us experiencing condemnation. Okay? Experiencing condemnation. Why? Because we know that we in ourselves, we just, we can't change. We can't transform. We want to be this better person, but we don't have the power to actually do that. See, this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, hey, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came that through so that through me, through me the world might be saved. But then the rest of that passage, we leave these out sometimes. Jesus says, that's because the world is condemned already. We're condemned already. We're already under judgment because of sin. So watch this. So Jesus came, watch, Jesus came to empower us with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, so that we could do, watch, we can do what we can do. And you know what that is? I'm going to get to this in just a moment. It's take responsibility for our spiritual growth and as best as we can make sure that we are planted in environments of wholeness. And if we will do that, guess what? He takes care of the transformation. He takes care of the growth. That's his job. It's what Paul was saying, you know, some, some plant, some water, some do this, some do that. But it, it's, it's God who gives the increase. But in this parable, we have this situation. Here's this, if you want to say this person, this tree, that's basically under judgment, not reaching the expectations, under condemnation. But guess what? As Dr. Cloud likes to say, here comes the advocate. Enter the advocate. There's an expectation of fruitfulness. We're not reaching that. So we experience condemnation. But guess what? Here comes our advocate. Here comes Jesus. And Jesus does some things. Now, it's very important to understand. Like, the standard is the standard. That's what it is. That's why, that's why Jesus need, needed to come and die. Because we could never... We could, we could never reach even close to that type of standard. But watch this. Through the grace of God, Jesus, by his blood, he forgives us all of our sins so that now we are justified and not condemned. Follow me here. And then he also gives us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace that empowers us to fulfill the goal of those expectations, which is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And that if you will get planted in a habitat for wholeness, I'm telling you that the fruit, that all the things that we read about, those things are just a byproduct because you're planted in a place that is creative. It's an it's a environment for growth. What happens in this story is, and what happens in our lives, See, here's the thing. The advocate comes in. He says, wait, wait, wait. Hold off. Hold off on any judgment. Aren't you glad that mercy triumphs over judgment? Yeah. Jesus comes in and he says, wait, we're going to hold off on the, on the judgment. 
I know, I'm paraphrasing here, okay? I know what the problem is, okay? The problem is that this certain tree, it needs to get rooted and grounded like the rest of our trees. It needs to get connected to the same source as the rest of our trees. It needs to have the same fertilizer. It needs to have everything else as the rest of our trees. And if it does that, the growth is gonna happen. See, when we get saved, when Jesus brings us into his kingdom, we were in and it wasn't a habitat for wholeness. It was a habitat for condemnation, guilt, shame, all of those kind of things. So when he, what the Bible literally says, we're adopted into the family of God. So when he brings us out of the other, the kingdom of the world, that's a closed system. It's not an open, it's full of shame. It's, see, you can't change in shame. You can't be transformed in shame. You have to have the sentence of condemnation lifted off of you so that now, watch, even though you have sin and weaknesses and failures and all kind of issues like we all do, the condemnation is not there so that you can be open and so that you can get planted in the right type of soil, in the right type of habitat so you can grow. So here's what Jesus does. He does four things right here. He says, hold up mercy. He gives us mercy. Then he says this, you know what? Let's dig around this tree. We're going to dig. We got to get, this tree needs to get its roots down deeper. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, let's dig around that. Let's get this, get this tree's roots deeper and let's, let's get in the truth. Then he says, now let's fertilize it. Some translations say manure. He says, let's put some fertilizer around it. And then he says, let's give, give it some more time. Let me tell you what Jesus just did there after he had mercy. Here's what, this is why grace is relational. Because transformation, you have to have these three and key key ingredients, okay? You have to have truth, grace, and time. You have to have truth, grace, and you've got to have time. You have to have time. When Carrie plants a plant, we don't walk out there the next day expecting a full-grown tree, expecting a full-grown cucumber or tomatoes. In fact, it's interesting. All of our plants are doing great except for the tomatoes. She was out there the other day. She's like, what's wrong with these tomatoes? They're not red. They're staying yellow and green. This is the, this is the only group of plants where, you know, they're not doing as well as the rest. Maybe we should just get them out of here. And I said, hold on. I'll tell you what, honey, hold on. Why don't we dig around these plants a little bit? Put some fertilizer on them and give them some more time. She was like, that's a great idea. She thinks I'm like studying up on gardening. No, I was just reading this parable.
truth, grace, and time. Now, let me tell you how that looks for you, okay? This is important. I'm gonna give you four things. Remember, you can't transform yourself. You can't produce your own fruit, but you can take responsibility for your walk with God and your relationships, and if you will take responsibility and trust God in the process, what I can promise you is Psalm 92. If you are planted in the right environment, in the house of the Lord, from your house to your home, to the church and everything else, I'm telling you, you will produce fruit. I'm telling you that Jesus died so you could produce fruit, so you could produce more fruit, so you could be green, so you could be full of the Holy Spirit, the life and the energy so you could have joy, so you could have all of those things. Here's what it's got, here's, here's, here's our job, okay? Number one, responsibility. Number two, and it's kind of an offshoot of that, <clears throat> ownership and accountability. I'm gonna talk about that. Like husbands and wives, we're accountable to one another. I, as your pastor, I'm accountable to you, right? So there's this degree of ownership and responsibility. You know why Jesus was the greatest leader that ever lived? Because he took responsibility for us all, even though he didn't commit any sin. So there's this degree of responsibility. Then look, there's transparency and vulnerability. And then we've got to trust the process. So watch this. Here's what this means. This is what we're trying to get out of. I cannot take responsibility for your spiritual growth. That's your, that's your boundary. Do you see? What I can do is I can equip you with everything that I know for, with the tools and the resources that you need for your habitat in your life and home for it to be a habitat for wholeness. But you've got to own that. And what that means is, is taking or, or be responsible. That means you've got to take ownership and, and, and have a degree of accountability. Okay. So watch. So right before this passage, what Jesus is teaching on, he's teaching on repentance. Repentance is the first step of ownership and responsibility. He's telling this group of people right before this parable, unless you repent, you're gonna perish. It's it just like, you, you, what he's telling you, Jesus saying, you, you can't, they're saying all these things about this and that, and you're saying, look, you, you're trying to put those things, you have to take ownership. If you don't repent, there's nothing I can do for you. That's what he's telling them. What is repentance? It's our first uh, act of ownership and responsibility and accountability and goes in to transparency and vulnerability and all the other stuff. That's this, repentance. It means to turn. It means to make a change in your mind, heart, and direction, right? So I was headed this way. I was doing these things. I'm gonna make a turn. I'm gonna own my stuff. Come on, I'm gonna own my sin, I'm gonna repent. Husbands and wives, sometimes we, that's what those Friday night tables are for. They're to get around the table and just, or there are things that we need to own. 
I'll tell you, it's been some very painful moments when I've had to own things that I realized were, were hurting my wife. I didn't even know they were hurting her. But what I'm saying is I had to, I have to own, I've got to own my stuff. Or watch, the first habitat for wholeness. I've got to put the right boundaries around that. And I know that for me, if I'm going to be a good husband, right? Well, then I've got to have a habitat for wholeness. And I understand that there are things that I got to put in there and I got to keep out. And then Carrie and I, the same thing for our marriage. We've got to own that. For our family, we've got to own that. Listen, I know you're, I, listen, I'm tired of hearing how jacked up families are. You know why? Because it's, you want to hear, you want to read about some jacked up families? Read the Bible. You want to get jacked? I promise you. I mean, we could start with Noah. With, with, with with incest, uh, attempted incest by his son to usurp control of the family. I think most of y'all aren't dealing with that. How about anybody's brothers trying to kill him? Anybody had attempted murder by family members at the last Thanksgiving? (laughs) This is God's family. Do you see? This (laughs) This is our story. This is our family, okay? This is all I'm saying. I'm telling you, don't think about your problems and your pain. Just think about what is a step that I can take to to own. So watch. You're struggling with this. You're struggling with Let's be open and let's be transparent. Let's be vulnerable. I'm not talking about going and telling everybody all your junk, but there's got to be a couple of people that you can tell. Are you, are you going in circle? Like, it's like this. Maybe it's not that you have a periodic problem with drugs and alcohol or opioids. Like, maybe I'm an addict. Maybe you're not. But if there's a pattern where we can't see, I'm going to tell you what, where you can't see wholeness, it's time for us to reevaluate the habitat Why is it every single support group out there, drugs, alcohol, different things, divorce, death, codependent, interdependent, above-dependent, below-dependent, all those, you know what you have to do to be part of that group? Admit you have a problem. They do that. You stand up. And you say, I'm Stovall, and I'm an alcoholic, or a drug addict, or this dependent, or that, or whatever. And guess what they do? They do, y'all do that again. You know what they're saying? Praise God, you're finally taking ownership, which is the first step to getting whole. Why is the church... The only place where it's almost like to be part of this group, you got to act like you don't have any problems. That's jacked.
jacked up. Your family isn't jacked up. I'm telling you, the environment is jacked up. That's jacked up. You see what I'm saying? We more than anybody ought to know that we have a problem. And you ready for this? Remember, grace is not theological, it's incarnational. It comes through people. Obviously, God first, yeah, vertical, the person of Jesus, the person of the Holy Spirit. But then I don't have time to get into these. I'm gonna talk about a few of them next week. Guess what the entire New Testament is full of? How we receive grace for wholeness from one another. Bear one another's burdens. All the love one another's in the Bible. The grace for your breakthrough, for your wholeness, it's in the habitat. You just gotta make sure that you are with some other plants that understand it takes own. I'm tired of, I'm tired of hearing uh, uh, peep, pastors trying not being negative. I hear Joe Osteen in my head, don't be negative, just be positive. I'm trying, Joe. I'm tired of always saying, oh, this, yeah, let's be transparent. Transparent is great. We can all be transparent and say we got these issues and that issues, but then we're just being transparent. If, we're trans, if we take ownership and we're transparent and we can get vulnerable with a group of people, now we got ingredients for wholeness. Now we got ingredients for transformation. That's why our freedom, our freedom steps. Some of you listen, <laughs> you're not, God won't allow it. He's designed it where we have to have each other. I used to think I could just self-correct I used to, there's a degree of self-correction that you can do, obviously. Repentance, you gotta start there. He's designed it so that we can't get free or whole without one another. Brilliant! You can't self-correct everything. There's no grace for that because the grace for your wholeness or your correction is tied up in other people encouraging you, meeting with you, serving one another. As you uh, bear someone's burden, then they bear your burden. The church was designed that the body would come into a whole new man and the body would heal itself because he's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness and fruitfulness and wholeness. He's already given it to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. We just got to get the habitat right. Come on, y'all need to stand up and shout or something. Okay. I'm done, but don't move. Stay standing. The fourth thing here, trust the process. It's time. I want to get whole right now. Of course, some things take time. Did you know when you're in a habitat of wholeness, time's on your side? There's no rush. There's no rush. Let 
the master gardener. See, the fertilizer, you get your fertilizer from other people. The fertilizer coming into you, it comes from all of us. That's why you got to have a group. you got to freedom, foundations. So start with your family too, a family table where you can do communion. Just have a way to talk about stuff. Our freedom classes, the, I love it, this. You're fertilized, right? But then in some translations, it's manure. What you think might be manure about your life is actually fertilizer for somebody else. You know, uh, that addiction, that addiction you have, somebody is just waiting for you to open up. You think it's manure. You think it's shame. No, we're in an open environment. The condemnation, you can't change under condemnation. That's the other way. That's the closed environment. You're in an open environment. Someone might be waiting. One of your friends might be waiting for you to open up with them. Say, will you pray for me? And just help me process this. I think I might have an addiction here. Or I want to share this about my marriage. That might be the very thing that leads to their freedom. And do you see how that chain reaction can quickly happen? Yeah? So then we start experiencing wholeness. And then guess what? We'll talk about this next week. That's what discipleship is. You want to know what a disciple is? It's not someone that's known this much of the Bible or whatever. It's someone that's headed towards maturity. You can't control your fruitfulness. You can't. But what you can do is you can do what you can do of owning and taking responsibility. Come on. And trusting the process. And understand that God has designed this thing where you cannot get whole without us as a family needing one another. Grace comes vertically, but the majority comes horizontally. He's given you a gift to serve others. Be open, and as you do that, that's gonna activate grace in their life, and it's like a chain reaction of the body getting whole. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.